right, everybody, welcome back to another episode here of the Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, uh, joined by, as always, my notorious compadre, Mr. Aaron, aka Pizza Mind. I'm sure you're doing well. I know the markets have been green. Um, so any any complaints today, Pete? Uh, you would be wrong, sir. I've been short since about uh, 21K, and it is actually Sweet snowing God. outside. So, um, yeah, and not quite an avalanche, but a little more than flurries over here in Dallas, Texas today. So screwing up all my plans for the week. But one thing that is going off without a hitch, as always, is the Crypto 101 podcast. We will be here morning, noon, night, holidays, Chinese New Year, apocalypse. We're not going anywhere. We're 500 episodes deep, boys. But let's get one more under our belt. Today, we're going to be talking about Avalanche, the uh, layer one protocol uh, for people who are really in it for the tech. And with us today, we have the head of engineering, Patrick O'Grady. Thanks for joining us from also the snowy Northeast. How are you doing over there? (laughs) Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on a podcast talking about uh, those flurries, Avalanche, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, um, as you mentioned here for the tech, right? So uh, I've been at Avalanche for the last you know, two years or so. And, um, you know, the reason that brought me here was really just conversations like this, talking about what makes Avalanche interesting and, uh, you know, really excited to help uh, people understand that. And did they, if I understand it correctly, did they hire you away from Coinbase where you were previously working? Yeah, yeah. So um, I worked uh, at Coinbase before this on something called the Rosetta API. So uh, for people that don't know about that, um, so I, uh, you know, I joined Coinbase because um, at that time was really interested in um, really just it was a deep bear market at that time. So like 20, uh, 2019. Um, and so I think Bitcoin was down to like 2,500 bucks or something like that. And, um, I didn't really know what was next and, you know, I was coming out of college and doing stuff like that. And so I thought, you know, going to Coinbase, uh, no matter what happened would be a great place. I'd learn a lot from the people there and everything. Um, and so while I was there, I got really interested in coming up with different abstractions to make it easier to interact with any blockchain. So now, you know, if you know Coinbase, you could imagine why that might be interesting uh, to Coinbase, which is uh, in the business of adding as many networks as possible to make it easy for people to interact um, all over the place. And so uh, I worked on a project there called Rosetta, uh, which mm-hmm. was like a universal layer to read and write uh, from blockchains. Uh, and through that process, I was super fortunate to get to work and meet with all these awesome teams in the space. Um, and so uh, I was already very interested in going into more of the L1 game. And then uh, as all these things go, I got a message from Kevin on Twitter, uh, like, hey, have you heard of Avalanche? And then, you know, talk to Kevin, talk to, to Goon and uh, the rest is history. So yeah, I uh, couldn't, uh, I would do it again, you know, a hundred times. So I uh, had a blast and uh, it's definitely the place to be for me. Yeah. And and certainly what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And Avalanche, along with every other cryptocurrency and ecosystem, um, is in a kind of in the middle of a bear market. But builders don't really care. And I think that's been the theme of the past, call it 15 months of this bear market. Builders just building regardless. And so um, how is how is the Avalanche team holding up? Tell us a little bit about, you know, do have a bunch of people left and the offices are empty because nobody wants to, you know, <laughs> trade crypto anymore or are you guys kind of doubling down your yeah i mean and- i'm in you you're talking to the last employee right yeah. no. uh so we uh right now our engineering team is about 70 uh 70 people or so and um actually in the bear market 
um, we've uh, found it actually easier to hire. Uh, a lot of the uh, people that I think were afraid to take our call or like, you know, kind of get into blockchain because it was too hypey um, now don't necessarily have those concerns. And at the same time, like the once untouchable kind of stability of big tech has now, uh, you know, it's shaken people's faith a bit with the, the recent layoffs. And so a lot of people that thought, you know, I could almost do nothing and sit at this big tech company for the rest of my life have now, you know, either actually been laid off or no longer think that. And so they're very interested in figuring out what comes next uh, now mm, that they've seen some weakness for the first time in their lives. Um, so for us, it's been, uh, I think, a really exciting time because the people also that are coming here are not coming here to get rich quick off of crypto. They're coming here uh, because they believe fundamentally that it's a different way to, to build complex systems in the 21st century. So. What, what do you typically think of as Avalanche's main competitive edge or its advantage over, um, you know, an Ethereum of the world or maybe a Solana or the two most popular competitors? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, first off, with these sort of questions, I always pretty clear that uh, I think there's a lot of fantastic people in the space doing all sorts of interesting things. And so uh, when I talk about right. different trade-offs of Avalanche, I just want to make sure that's super clear. Uh, Avalanche to me... Uh, it starts with the consensus, so it's extremely fast. Uh, I think it's the fastest to finality in any blockchain. So, for in the modern world, in the modern web, you know, if finality takes twenty, even twenty seconds, right, it can be really slow uh, for even a standard interface. So people hide that and make it not see, like make it seem like your transaction is final immediately. But in many cases, it can it cannot be that way. But Avalanche, you know, we achieve finality in less than a second. We have tons of statistics and metrics we track to make sure that that always is the case. And it's extremely stable, even in a network of a couple thousand validators. So for me, it starts with that. Like if you're building on sand as the foundation, uh, you know, you can only go so far. And so the first thing that was appealing to me was this. It was a totally different way to do consensus. And it was extremely performant with a lot of validators. Now, why that's important is... You know, it hasn't been an issue so far for a lot of different projects that have small validator counts. But, you know, with regulation, with decentralization, it's really important to have a lot of different producers and uh, participants in consensus. So it starts there. But the reason why that gets me really excited is assuming that exists, I'm very interested in building my own virtual machine and my own blockchain. And I think Avalanche is the best place to do that. We, the entire platform is built to empower the average person to build their own blockchain, to build their own application. And, you know, I think a lot of times <coughs> these like building SDKs are very limited. And so you still have to rely on a bunch of centralized infrastructure and a bunch of like cloud services. Uh, a Avalanche is really set up as a blockchain, as a network of networks that lets you build your entire application in a crypto native way. And we're very excited to see where that goes in the next few years as people start to really own all of it all their application and own all of their business or their community does um, on an actual truly uh, decentralized base. So that's, that's really what uh, I think is exciting about what we're doing. What are some of the use cases that the average consumer might want to build an application or a blockchain for themselves? Yeah, I think this is a, one of the biggest questions people like we're in the middle of and talking to a lot of companies around. And I think when I talk to different ecosystems and communities, they're like, yeah, like, you know, people just want to deploy smart contracts. Like, why would you even need your, your own chain to begin with? Like, there's a whole another level of complexity you need to go for there. Um, so I'll talk through a few of those. The first one, really, for a lot of people is gaming. Um, these games that people are building in the Web3 space, uh, we've only seen the surface, really, of what, of what they can do. Like, the simple kind of pixelated interfaces, you know, people doing some very basic things. 
we have a number of projects in the pipeline that are building, you know, AAA quality first first party shooters uh, or different games like that. And um, for them, you know, their community wants to control the fate of the game. So for them, like deploying a smart contract doesn't doesn't do it necessarily, right? Like you have to pay fees in some other community token. You know, you may not have it be totally optimized for your game. Uh, and so a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of these projects want to really control their own identity, like control their own story. And that starts with letting people actually run the game itself. So they can become the validators in the game. They can become the chain. And then um, if anyone knows or familiar listening to this podcast with like optimization, right? You can run a smart contract on a chain, running another chain on whatever, right? But that's not going to be the most efficient way to run your game, which ergo makes it less accessible or more expensive to run. Um, and so for a lot of these games, it's really important to have very low barrier to entry. So uh, for them, it's outside of anything particular with building your own blockchain. There's just a few like semantic things that are really important to these publishers that they really can't just get with uh, smart contracts, which is you know, the flexibility of having hyper high performance for these games. And then also the economics can be much more specifically tuned for the game itself and for the community. Yeah. And in terms of the, the latest partnership with Amazon web servers, um, you know, that got a lot of excitement, but I also think a lot of people just look at the headline and then don't really read past it. Can you tell us what, you know, beyond the headline, really what's going on underneath here? Yeah, so I mean, for uh, anyone in the space over the last 10 years that's deployed anything, you've probably interacted with AWS in some way. Uh, and the thing, just to you know, summarize it, in my opinion, what made AWS so popular was they took an extremely complex and annoying, manually intensive thing of deploying applications on servers and made it extremely easy to use, low barrier entry to set up. And now, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, the product resonated, right? Um, and so for us, Blockchain, we feel like, is in that that stage pre-AWS, right? It's a pain to deploy nodes. It's a pain to manage nodes. It's a pain to set up all the indexing infrastructure and interaction infrastructure. Um, and so if subnets in particular, which are more intensive to run than a smart contract, are difficult to actually spin up, you know, they just won't succeed. And so for us, working with AWS is about making that entire life life journey of, like, actually interacting with Avalanche, the platform, as smooth as possible and learning from each other. So they have a ton of customers that trust AWS. They've worked with them before that <coughs> they'll tell people about um, Avalanche. And then for us, it's it's getting the feedback of like, what is actually difficult to do? How, like, what can we improve and focus engineering resources on to make it easier for the average company or enterprise to actually spin up their own blockchain? So uh, for us, it's it's distribution as well as uh, really helping us inform how Avalanche itself can be made better. So, yeah, we're very excited for that partnership. What are your biggest focuses heading into this year, 2023? We're in Q1 now. You mentioned gaming is a, a big vertical for uh, the Avalanche chain. Are there anything else yep. that we should really be paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, for us, um, we've spent the last year really improving the kind of the, this virtual machine interface that people can use to deploy their own blockchain. But the problem is we don't really have an SDK app that makes it, you know, real easy to, to build something from scratch. So I think, you know, Polkadot, for example, you don't have to build 
the lowest level WASM stuff to deploy on Polkadot, right? They have Substrate for people that have heard of that. If you're in Cosmos, right, you have the Cosmos SDK to build on. Um, for us, we don't have that thing yet. So a lot of people like have to build super low level from, from scratch, like their own blockchains, or they just use um, this EVM uh, we have out of the box called the Subnet EVM. For us, a huge focus in, in Q1 in the beginning of this year is to release our SDK to make it easier to build your own custom blockchain. So instead of taking you know, 10,000, 20,000 lines of code, it takes a couple hundred lines of code to get started. And so um, once that comes out, um, what, you know, why is that important? What's important there? Well, most activity on Avalanche happens on some form of the EVM. Um, and so, you know, for us, hmm. that's super, you know, people love that. It's easy to use. They have solidity and, you know, they can do some extra stuff to it. Um, but to really have Avalanche take the next step in both throughput as well as like being interesting to use and powerful for a lot of these applications, um, it really needs to be more flexible and more powerful for the individual contributor. And so for us, we think that releasing this custom SDK will take up the throughput to a whole different level, right? Like we want to be multiples above any other blockchain because of the flexibility of this architecture and the way that it scales. So for us, it's, it's, it's about demonstrating that and making it easier for people to, to really use that. So expect that over the next few months is just a, a stepwise increase in the amount of activity um, on Avalanche. Yeah. I love it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, so if somebody wanted to spin up um, an avalanche node or a subnet um, and they wanted to avoid AWS for fears of centralization or any of the other kind of reasons, what what's kind of the preferred um, like decentralized partner that you guys uh, use? Yes, I mean, your I mean, your your avalanche node will run on a, a home Internet connection. 
So hmm. you can run it entirely on your local ISP, um, or even hook it up to Starlink and run it over the run it over space if you wanted to. <laughs> Elon Net. Nowhere. Yeah. Um, so you have that option. In terms of like partners um, to do that, I think uh, we haven't officially partnered with them, but I think a lot of the uh, kind of like smaller tier or long tail of cloud providers that focus on. Um, um, high performance, but are much like more localized would be a really interesting partner to kind of spin out. Uh, I think some other projects have made great use of like Equinix and like some of these other like local mm. providers that uh, have, uh, you know, very different uh, layers. But I mean, I think for most people, can you run a node at home is a huge part of that story. And, you know, fortunately you can, you can run an entire subnet at home as long as you, um, as long as your IP address is accessible. So that's the big key. Um, and so we'd love to see more people doing that. And, uh, we, we do put a lot of time in to make sure that the node is reliable, even when you're running it, um, at home. So that's what level of expertise do you need to have to set something up like that? Um, you know, I think we're always working on making it smoother, but for now we actually have a script that you can run. So like, I would say like, if you have basic, you know, computer familiarity and you can like run a script on your computer, um, you could do it. So it doesn't require anything more complex than that. Like you don't have to like buy some like super special hard drives and like hook them up somewhere or like whatever, uh, or like need to like engineer something or code something real quick to run it. Um, in the future, we hope to like have more of a UI friendly version of it where like you could download an application from, you know, the store or something like that and click a button and it would, you know, have a visual experience and kind of guide you through it a bit more. Um, but right now, you know, it's really just running a single command and it will update for you as well. I really hope that there's a, a big trend of uh, universities and even you know colleges and hopefully even uh, high schools uh, that offer blockchain education um, in terms of software development or how to interface with this stuff. Um, I know that one of the universities in Texas just released a big course. Um, do you have any insight on you know are are kids learning how to code for blockchain environments yet, or is this still like? Uh, very esoteric uh, engineering. I think academia does well in teaching new, like uh, kind of engineers and stuff about things that have an industry standard or industry best practice. The problem with crypto for a lot of people is that it's still so new that like there is no standard teaching. And if you talk to 10, 10 like experts, right, you'll get 10 very different answers of what's important to learn. Right. Right. So, <laughs> I, I, the academic courses I've engaged with have been more about teaching you how to think about the higher level principles rather than some particular way to like, hey, you should build this particular thing. Um, I think the hope for a lot of projects is to be that thing, right? They're like, hey, let's, you know, get people to build that particular thing. Um, but I, I still think uh, there's a ways to go there in terms of trying to standardize some curriculum. I think for now, people... Uh, are not really taught hands-on things other than solidity of how to actually interact with it. Like, I don't think there's a huge course dedicated to like blockchain building, for example. So I think that was my biggest frustration. So I, I went to Stanford and I tried to take a bunch of computer science classes there related to blockchain. And it was still so early on um, that a lot of times, like I learned high level things about, you know, this is what a consensus algorithm is. This is what you're trying to target when you're building your own network, for example. Uh, but then when it came from taking that and turning it into something people could use or like you could interact with, uh, huge gap. 
So like you could maybe make yeah. some like sort of like contrived example, but in terms of actually trying to build your own thing, uh, it was like, oh, well, you got to read this Twitter thread and then you got to like look through these <laughs> docs from four years ago. And then, and for me, I think working at Avalanche and, and like setting up, making it easy to build chains and everything like that was born from some of that frustration. It's very fresh in my mind still how difficult yeah. it is even for most people to build uh, interesting applications in crypto. Uh, but no, I think there's a lot to do there. Yes, there, there was so much jerry-rigging. I remember listening to uh, podcasts, you know, back in the kind of the, you know, I guess it was probably in the bottom of the last bear market. And they were talking about, you know, there, was, there were these traders talking about the the systems they were using. It was basically, you know, Excel spreadsheets and janky APIs and pass-throughs. And like, you know, there was no infrastructure to actually custody these things. It was all, you know, jerry-rigged. And uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's now a, a mark of where the ecosystem's at, where things now are institutionalized. Um, you have, you know, the Amazons of the world now giving um, software uh, to help all sorts of different applications. And you have, you know, the, the big custodians now, like BlackRock, uh, who, who's in the game. Fidelity launched their own crypto exchange. So uh, the tide has clearly shifted. But where is uh, Ava focusing most of their, I would say, uh, investment dollars. Uh, you know, if Ava Labs has a balance sheet that they could invest in, um, whether it's you know tertiary sort of projects or uh, things that are internal, uh, wh where does Ava Labs focus their investment? Yeah. So I mean, I can speak at least to the technical investments we're making. Rather yeah, than, absolutely. You know, Bo as a company, uh, fortunately, that's not my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, from a technical perspective, a lot of our, you know, R&D dollars go into uh, a few things. So one is uh, the protocol research itself. So, um, you know, I think generally the crypto space, there's still so much to be discovered. Mm -hmm. All sorts of crazy things people will do. I think if you ask someone today, like, you know, of the top 20 protocols, like, will all those 20 protocols be doing even something remotely similar in 10 years from now? And I think most people would argue like, eh, probably not, you know, there'll be zero knowledge <laughs> proofs. It'll be like, whatever the fuck. Um, and so for us building out like a core research team that continues to push the envelope on what blockchain is and like how people can use it for all sorts of interesting things is a huge area of research and funding or like spending for us is just paying great people to think about it. Um, and I think most of our spend really goes into that research. The other thing is more tangibly, how can you make everything related to crypto easier to use? So we released our own wallet, for example, called Core. Um, so, you know, if you've heard of MetaMask, you've heard of whatever, it's an alternative to that. Um, that takes a very different approach to the UX um, of actually interacting with crypto. And so, you know, having great technology only goes so far if no one knows how to use it or it's really difficult to actually interact with. And although it may look like a simple website at the end of the day, there's tons of design research and tons of like different experimenting that goes on to actually uh, condense it into something that uh, is usable and easy to use for anybody. Um, that takes a lot of resources as well. And so when you have those two kind of, uh, let's say like principles or core parts of uh, what we do, then we try to supercharge it. The Avalanche Foundation uh, supercharges it by then helping to incentivize um, other companies that are actually building on subnets to take advantage of these rails. Um, so we have this big program. If you're interested in building subnets, you can definitely apply for it called Multiverse, um, where we or the Avalanche Foundation gives 
uh, grants or, you know, makes investments in different companies, building subnets. And so uh, a lot of times for these people, you know, you have great talented folks, uh, but their issue is not anything technical. <laughs> it's purely just how can I set up some entity or business to actually start build, like, you know, creating something. Um, and so uh, the Avalanche Foundation uh, will help subsidize that or, uh, you know, invest in a company to that is working on building that. So we do research to try and help the entire community out and give that technology back to people building uh, things that maybe take more academic background or just cost more money. Uh, and then we also try to help people operationally building on top of Avalanche. Um, like I like I've told people so far. Um, we will see this like surge of subnets once we have this SDK kind of set up on top of what we already have. And we're just trying to prepare for that uh, because a lot of people are trying to build, you know, really crazy stuff, but they need a lot of the same things from the infrastructure side. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. And that's not to be confused with Multiverse X, which is an entirely different thing. Uh, if you start building on there, you're on the wrong chain. Uh, not to say that they're wrong, but it's not Avalanche. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, listeners that come on and they're hoping to get rich quick. They're sick of their life. They're sick of their job. They're sick of the stress that being really tied to their next paycheck causes. Uh, and they're taking a risk. They're throwing money in Doge or God for, forsaken Sheba 
or some dumb NFT that they heard on Twitter or YouTube. Um, and we say, you know, don't do that. Get an education instead. And you don't need a four or six year degree. You can go to Skillshare and take a class for six months and get your feet wet and get off the ground. What would be a good six month course for people to start blockchain development? Is it learning solidity or rust or something else? Where would you guide someone who's going to change their life? I mean, six months is still a really quick yeah. turnaround and then you can actually get yeah, a I real mean, job in this space. Yeah. Like for, I, it's an interesting point. Cause like when I, I don't think there's anything I learned in a proper academic setting that really helped even for like my first two years of crypto knowledge, it was entirely self-searching. Like uh, there was no book I was referring to or no textbook that you have to go buy online. Right. It was just, randomly perusing um, all sorts of different sources. For me, I think um, I'm a learner by doing. So for me, like I don't really have it stick in my head unless I play around with it. And so for folks uh, that are looking to get started, um, I highly recommend going through and saying like, I want to achieve these specific milestones. You know, maybe you're not going to start with the most complicated thing, but like, hey, can I build like, you know, a lot of, I think maybe to take a step back, I think a lot of the thing that uh, like really slows people down from learning is they get so attached to the result right away. Like if it isn't perfect when you start off, like it's gonna like I, you get so demoralized, right? Like if your your first yeah. Solidity smart contract you write, like someone else would look at it and be like, this, you know, you should have done this better, you should have done that better. Like it, it's you know maybe like it's not really really cleanly designed, and you know that's the whole point of learning, right? <laughs> You're trying to take it somewhere. So my thing has always been lay out a few you know, increasingly complex things to learn and just find a way to work backwards into them. So for me, uh, like what is the best six ways to like six things to learn? Like here's a like simple one is like take like uh, popular applications on Ethereum or popular applications just on smart contracts and then see if you can replicate them. They don't have to be the whole thing, right? But like interesting complex things and I assure you that you will learn <laughs> the complexity of the system by having to do that, right? Like a very simple one I tried to do one time was actually implement a payment channel on Ethereum. So I was like interested in what Lightning was doing at that time. And then I was like, could I actually implement this in Solidity Smart Contracts? And I was like, you know, how hard could it be, right? Like you're just <laughs> passing balance between people. And then it got rapidly more complex as I actually started to implement it. And so for people, I would say, you know, take, if you're at the very beginning, find an interesting project, ask yourself, can I mod it? Can I like add one feature to it? And then see if you can just do that. And then once you're able to mod and have a single feature, then go into like, you know, I want to be able to write some very simple trading bot or like some simple AMM on Ethereum. And then from there, once you understand at least one ecosystem, and I think Solidity is probably the easiest place to start for most people, <coughs> then you can get into the world of trying to build your own blockchain. So like whether it's Cosmos, Polkadot, or, or hopefully Avalanche, right? Um, to actually take it to a whole other level, right? Like, oh, cool, I implemented Solidity this bot. What if I made it an entire chain that was dedicated to trading? Um, and so I wish there was a better course. I feel like mine is really just like running through random websites all over the place. And it's <laughs> terrible that there's not, you know, some, some better place for people to get started. But mine has so far just been find cool shit that people have already done in crypto and just try to replicate it at increasing levels of complexity and then, um, once you get comfortable, you can, you'll, you'll have the opportunity to actually do your own stuff, which I think people really want to get to. 
Yeah. It doesn't cost well, any money, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that sounds really cool. I know testing things out uh, on Ethereum tend to be quite expensive, but you could use the test net, I guess, on that. But one of the great things about Avalanche is it's a lot less expensive to uh, to spin up instances and transact on. Yeah, I think that's a great, like, I, actually, it's funny enough, testing blockchain applications it almost is more complicated than, than just paying <laughs> for like the actual tokens to test it out. And so mm. I know a lot of developers have that are interested in playing around have just started to test on like actual other uh, L1s that have Ethereum smart contracting. So sometimes it can be easier just to like purchase avalanches and use it than like to track down testnet tokens on some other, you know, whatever thing. But we have a faucet as well, so you can do it for free. Uh, mm. on avalanche if you want to play around with it our faucet's pretty solid so you should have no problem getting started yep good well one thing before we let you go um i, I just kind of want to leave it open-ended is there anything that we missed um that you'd want to highlight maybe what's next or something that maybe people uh don't know about avalanche that they should um any any last comments yeah i mean i think that the one thing i always wrap it up with especially for people uh you know maybe on stores like yours where there's a lot of different projects that are all talking about interesting things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, most people that have used Avalanche or heard of Avalanche have used the C chain. So it's this like EVM compatible thing where, you know, you have Aave, you have different projects running. Um, Avalanche is a much, like much, much larger project than that in terms of this crypto native platform for the digital age. And, um, Avalanche, if you if you've interacted with it before, you know it may seem pretty similar to other folks, um, other than it being a little bit faster and maybe quicker to confirm things. Um, but what we're what what's what will happen over the next year is really this expansion into this platform of platforms. You're gonna even you're not even gonna realize that you know your favorite new blockchain is actually running on top of Avalanche. Mm. Um, and so for people that are trying to figure out what Avalanche is or you know how to think about it. Um, you know, I'll use the, the latest uh, media announcement with AWS, which is like Avalanche is this platform for deploying platforms on, just like AWS is for deploying servers on. And so when you think about Avalanche, think about it more as this platform of platforms or this, this digital or decentralized cloud for people to, to build really cool crypto native applications on. Um, but to get started, a lot of people have, you know, played around with the EVM compatible version of it. And so uh, if you're looking to build and looking to really create something novel and interesting, but you don't want to reinvent the wheel in the process, uh, Avalanche is a great place for that. So, you know, if you have any questions, you know, reach out. Thanks. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us here at the Crypto 101 podcast and for all of our listeners at home. Uh, thank you again for, for tuning back in. Uh, and where's the best place that people can keep tabs on Avalanche? Uh, we'll post it in the show notes. Is it Discord? Is it Twitter? Is it the site? Yeah, we have a super popular Discord, uh, and we're very a lot of people always talk in there. Um, recommend cool. that, and then we also have a forum dot uh, network. So it's like a website you can go to to you know talk about everything in Avalanche. So most people are in the Discord though. If you're if you're looking to chat with someone or kind of get started, I think that's the place to go. We have a huge Telegram chat, but like. That's fucking crazy. So like, I got yeah, the, <laughs> the Discord over the Telegram. Uh, yeah, the Telegrams are, are totally out of control. Totally out of control. So uh, love it. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. And we hope to have you back on again soon uh, for, for the next big announcement or for the, uh, the next big update here for Avalanche. But until then, uh, take care. Thanks.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.